Welcome to Amnesty International's comedy podcast series. This year, Amnesty's had exclusive backstage access at two of the biggest events on the comedy calendar, the 2014 Edinburgh Festival Fringe and the Balham Comedy Festival in London. We'll be bringing you a series of interviews with some of the greatest stand-up comedians working today, and along with finding out about the business of laughter, we'll be chatting about life, politics and human rights. Tonight, we go backstage to chat to stand-up comic and sitcom star Tim Vine. He'll be revealing his secret pop singing career, his thoughts on England's World Cup exit, and how to perfect a very long goodbye. Tim Vine. It's an absolute pleasure to be... We're in quite a dark room here, but I really like that. Backstage. I just had, yeah, but I really like that. at the uh, yeah. Ballam Comedy Festival. Thank you yes. very much for joining Amnesty International. It's a pleasure. And you spoke to us last year, along with Terry Alderson. With young Terry, yes. And I have to tell you, that was our most popular podcast. Is so, that right? Yes, yeah, so thank you oh. For, oh. for joining us on that. That's what. That's the power of Alderton. <laughs> <laughs> this rattling noise here, viewers, listeners, that's ice in a glass, just so you know. I'm just, every now and again, drinking ice in a glass. You've just come off stage, haven't you? So it was very, mm. very hot, I imagine. It was, yeah, yeah. It was very hot. Yeah. And how did it go? It's all right. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was all right. Yeah, I and need to. Uh, I need to learn it better and cut some jokes. I out, thought it was great. Oh well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Tim. It's amazing. Everyone enjoyed it. Good. Okay, thank you. Um, and the new <laughs> show's called Tim. Tim Timony. Tim Timony. Tim Tim to you. That is easy for you to say. <laughs> yes. Um, so, can you tell us a bit about it? And are there a lot of Mary Poppins puns in it? No, none at all. Really, there's, there's a few chimney jokes at the top, um, and then that's it. Um, I've done this sort of thing before where I did a thing called Punslinger, where I came on dressed as a cowboy. I did ten cowboy jokes and never mentioned it again and just <laughs> did uh, just other jokes about stuff. There are clips of you on the internet dressed as a cowboy. Yeah, that's not, from Punslinger. Yes, yeah, yeah but exactly. But not talking about <laughs> yes, cowboys. Not yeah, not yeah, no, no. You have to get to the very beginning of the show for that, <laughs> where I say things like, uh, yeah, I, um, I'm wearing cowboy lingerie. The silky bras are on me. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I've got... Uh, Start with the cowboy jokes. I've got seven and the magnificent. <laughs> so you're taking the new show up to Edinburgh. Yes. Uh, can you tell us what? Don't play? remind me. Oh dear, oh dear. Do you know we've done six previews this week. This is the sixth one in a row, and uh, I would say four have been acceptable. Two not entirely acceptable in my eyes. We've got how many? How many days are you playing? Twenty. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. There's going to be some stinkers amongst that lot. <laughs> And can you tell us what it's like for... What, what, what Edinburgh Festival means for a comedian like yourself? Well, I mean, the great thing about it, I think, is that it's... Uh, well, there's several things. But it's very sociable for a start. It's, there's so many comics up there um, and so many different shows and things that you just go up there and you, and you all kind of... Uh, a lot of the time during the year, you, you, you pass up shits in the night a little bit. But whereas at a festival, you're all there for a month. And so you, you sort of meet up with people and have a drink with people and a chat with people. Every conversation starts the same. How's your show going? It's all right. How's yours? Uh, you know, <laughs> you a bit Terry? quiet tonight. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> you see right. Terry Alderson up there? Yeah, we always see Terry. In fact, uh, well, unfortunately, I don't think he's going up this year. I don't think he is. Or maybe he is. I don't think he is. He, we did um, the... Uh, let me put this down. This is a, I'm sure this is annoying the listener. It's the ice <laughs> making a noise. Um, we did the, the Melbourne Comedy Festival together a couple of times. And um, it's now a bit of a tradition between us that if we say goodbye to each other... 
Um, we always like to do it on quite a straight road. So as we're walking away, at certain points, he'll go like that, and I'll turn round, and uh, he'll be like 300 yards away, and we'll wave again. And then we carry on and see how far away we can go and still keep turning around and waving to each other. What's the furthest you've got? Miles. <laughs> <laughs> quite, particularly in somewhere like Melbourne, there's quite sort of long blocks, the you know. System, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can really see someone a long, long way away and do this wave at them. It amuses us, you know. You've got time in your hands when you do these things. And I've noticed you're quite a regular tweeter. Yeah, I tweet a bit. I do, not, do I tweet too much? No, I enjoy the, the free puns you give away, actually. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't do much of that. I tend to sort of, uh, yeah, just tweet slightly random stuff sometimes. What do you think the best and worst aspects of Twitter are? Uh, well, I think that um, I've got, I'm slightly distant from the, uh, the, probably some of the bad things, because I can't see people's responses. I've got a very, very, I text my tweets in, so I don't, you know, I just you text a number, send them in, like blind tweeting. Right. So yeah. I'm sending these things out into the ether. Now and again, I'll look on a computer and see what someone said. But I think probably the bad thing is when the whole sort of trolling thing, when people kind of, you know, someone decides that they want that you're the person they want to say nasty things to. I haven't really had that. Yeah. And you've much. had to once in a while, you get the odd one, but the, but uh, but the good thing is that you can say things people hear them. <laughs> Let's concentrate on the good thing. <laughs> and you, you've had to call yourself the real Tim Vine, so I imagine there's been impersonators. Yeah, again, I don't really know to, uh, much about who else is on there. Right. Um, someone else set that up for me, so I'm not entirely sure. Um, I don't have the internet at home. I'm slightly out of the loop. And I prefer it that way. <laughs> since the last time we spoke to you at Ballum, uh, you, you have acted in the second series of Glandings as Beach the Butler. I did, yeah. That's now finished, though. As in, that's been axed, that series. Oh, has it? Yeah, oh. it's not coming back ever again. But will there be more acting on the horizon? Well, I find acting on the horizon is a lot easier because they don't really see your facial expressions. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, I'd like to do some more acting. I'd like to maybe do some films or something. or I'd like to do my own film, really. I want to be the star of a film. I've started dreaming again, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Anything in particular? Any, any genre? Uh, I've got a few different film ideas. I did one where I, I, I sort of filmed a film just that I paid for myself kind of thing. Just vanity project. That wasn't the name of it. It was called Library Altitude Zero and I played a airline pilot because I wanted to wear the costume. And where can we see it? You can't see it anyway. <laughs> I've, uh, I've got some copies in my loft and I've, occasionally I make some of them available at the end of a gig. Oh, okay. but, but by and large... It's uh, when I first made it. I hired a a little cinema in in Soho, and the Curzon in so Soho with about eighty people got eighty of my friends and forced them to watch this thing. Hour and twenty minutes, library <laughs> altitude zero. You should put it out there. Get it on. Well, it's you know I don't know. It, it's quite. It, it's it has, it's not a gag fest. It's a little story, which oh. is what appealed to me about. It. I didn't I didn't want to do this because I'm in my act. I'm slightly tied down to you've got to be saying jokes all the time. You know. Whereas this, I felt like I wanted to tell a little story. Well, I would love to see it. I shall send you... If you give me your address, I'll send you a copy. Excellent. Because um, they're going to melt in my loft room, I tell you. It gets <laughs> hot up there. So I've got a quote for you now. Yes. And it's something you've said recently. Oh. And can you tell where it's from? Okay. Probably my mouth. <laughs> um, my mouth. I thought it was quite funny. I've got a quote from you. Something you said recently. Can you tell where it's from? 
And I said, probably my mouth. <laughs> and just at that very moment, someone came through the door and everyone's attention was taken I by know, the person at the door. <laughs> and, the, and the joke sort of fell off. I reckon the <laughs> listeners might have enjoyed that more than everyone in the room because they didn't get the visual of, oh, who's coming in this room here? <laughs> That is, the, that is the beauty of being live backstage. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's not the beauty. It's slightly annoying. Actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the quote, anyway, gone is, I may be alone in this, but I can visualise the cup in Rooney's hands and the team tearing up the FA's long-term plans. Yeah. What was that from? <laughs> well, that's from my a silly World Cup song thing called No Mr Dyke, where I sort of was saying, well, why... I wasn't mad. I, I was being... This is as edgy as I get, actually. To be slightly <laughs> critical of Greg Dyke for, for saying that we should wait a few World Cups before we do anything. And I was like, no, I'm, this is my only... I'm the only team I support in, and I haven't even got a club. So if you don't mind, I'm going to hope they win this one. Well, I really enjoyed it. It's you running around in a yellow wig, singing your yeah. heart out. Yeah. So how do you feel now that England are out early? Well, do you know what? What amazes me about England is they seem to find new ways to disappoint you every time. It's the variety <laughs> of ways. It is the variety that gets you. I thought to myself, well, we've had everything now after the 2010 one. That we've, we'd had, we've, had, we've been totally beaten. We've been thrashed. We've lost on penalties. And in 2010, we got a new one. It was an injustice of the ball being over the line. It wasn't given. And we were then thrashed. So it was both at once. We were then thrashed. And this one... I don't think I even considered the possibility we wouldn't make it to the third group game. It's crazy, I never, it? I yeah. never even considered that. I never considered I wouldn't be able to watch the third group game. Well, the song, yeah, the song was and very think confident. to myself that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. What but could they possibly? They can't, they can't do any worse than that next time, can they? No, you can't. You yeah. can't be out before after the first group game unless everyone bites the officials or something, and they're all out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to do a new song for. For yeah, the next I time. don't know, next, yeah. No, 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 Mr. <laughs> Blatter, Blatter, whatever his name is. So in your show, you're still punslinging, but I see you are broadening to more music, which I do love. Am I? Well, is there more music in this, you think? Yeah, more, well... Uh, maybe so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mind you, I, I don't know, if you, if you my, some of my sort of other, um, you know, hour-long kind of DVD things, there are kind of... Is there someone trying to tunnel out of this room? <laughs> I can hear noises. Um, yeah, I mean, I like... I, I mean, the I, metronome I like to song, put wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. That was a while ago, though. Oh, but, yeah, I, just, that was, I think it was 2006, that. How was it? Eight years ago. Well, I, I, my question was... How old were you eight years ago, if you don't mind Eight say, years so. ago, I was 21, I think. Oh, OK. I was, I was, you look younger than you are. I, was thinking, I thought you were going to say 16. It's because you're in dark complete room. darkness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, but I, I was wondering, have you always been into making music? Yeah, I think I wanted to be a pop star originally. Um, so, And I still make... A bit like the, the thing with the Library Altitude Zero thing, is that I do record lots and lots of songs and they don't see the light of day. I've just recorded an album of high-voiced disco songs. So they're sort of in the mould of, you know, cross between sort of Will Young and the Bee Gees sort of thing. You know? And the first song is called Dance Floor Gridlock. You're too close, you're too close, you're too close, you're too close. We're in dance floor, great luck. Goes like that. I've got an album, 16 songs with me singing like that. I love it. Where can we find it? Again, nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> For your it's only. not available. <laughs> but I, I, um, I've also got an album of talking songs that I've recorded, um, which I think I'm going to call Angus Crunch and the Nepali Flautist. 
um, 12 tales from another world. Um, but uh, <laughs> And each one is like a little sort of moral tale and to- me talking in a sort of cod American accent for some reason. So there's a bit of music in the background and then each one starts like this. There was a man. And they, they, start like, <laughs> they start like that, every single one. And is that for your ears only again? Nobody's heard that one. <laughs> Actually, it's not quite true. I played it to my mum and she said, uh, who exactly is this aimed at, darling? <laughs> Which I was thinking of using as a quote if I did release it as a CD. Who exactly is this aimed at, darling? Tim's mum. Or Angus Crunch's mum. And I read that you were in a band with your brother Jeremy. We were in, we were in a few bands, actually. We were in a band called The Sharp Suits. We were in a band called The Killer Sons. We were in a band called The Flare Generation. Um, what did The Flare yeah. Generation sing about? Flares. <laughs> <laughs> Every song was about flares. It was, it was in the um, 80s when everyone wore, was wearing very much drainpipe trousers. There was no, no distance between ankle and trouser. The whole thing was drain pipes. And so we had songs like Happiness, Happiness, Happiness is Wearing Flares. And we had um, uh, This is the Flared Revolution. Was it? No, this is the Flared, no, this is the flared Generation. <laughs> drain pipes are out of fashion or something. Yeah, and then there was another one. Uh, Here comes the Flared Revolution, providing a drain pipe solution. We are the Flared Generation, providing trouser inflation with the Flared Generation. Trouser inflation with the Flared Generation. Then we had, um, she, um, she, uh, my baby left me and she said, Flowell, my dear. Flowell, my dear. There's a flare is in all of them. <laughs> it's a whole album as well. No one's heard it. Oh. No one, again... <laughs> We had a tiny bit of success with the Flare Generation because <laughs> at the time I was 17 and my brother was, I guess, 18 or a tiny bit older. And do you remember the six o'clock show with Danny Baker and Michael Aspel? Do you remember that? You can't remember that. Emma, <laughs> I, can't, surely. I can't remember it. You're 38. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking to someone else. The, the producer. The, room now. the producer <laughs> in the room, yes. Again, it's a very, very poorly lit room that these people are actually. <laughs> I'm actually in the presence of pensioners, but it's, they're, they're, they've done the lighting very well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so the, uh, yeah, but anyway, so we were on that show. And Danny Baker came to Cheam because we'd, we'd done this, you know, I don't know, we'd, we'd done a few gigs or something. And, uh, and I remember he did this piece to camera and he was walking through Cheam Village and he said, talking about fashion and stuff, and then he ended the piece with, meanwhile, here in Cheam, something very big is blowing in the wind. And then it cuts in me and my brother with our giant flares, and our friend uh, Simon Williams as well, and we were walking down, and we had different names. Jeremy was Kevin Evans, I was Justin Beams, and, um, and Simon Williams was uh, Wilma Cooper. So what did Jer- Jeremy play in the band? Well, he was kind of, uh, he was sort of the lead singer for a bit, and then he was the drummer for a bit, um, and then I, and then Wilma Cooper was sometimes the drummer. And then Wilma Cooper was sometimes the singer. So probably most recently, when we did out of the six gigs we ever did, Jeremy was the drummer, and oh, okay. I I played. It was a really bad sound actually because it was drums, a full drum kit, um, and a uh, and then I played a um, acoustic guitar, quite sort of thrashing it quite um, angrily. And uh, and then there was uh, like three voices singing over it. There was no bass in this thing whatsoever. So it was like, <laughs> you know, it was really quite, uh, quite terrible, really. Uh, talking of your brother, Jeremy. Yes. Um, he's a well-known political presenter uh, yes. for shows like Politics Show and Panorama. Yep. Um, I well, wanted to do a show called Panorama, but that never happened. <laughs> 
I thought, I, actually, I've been in meetings before where I haven't given up asking now, but I said to people, I'd like, I said, I've got a great idea for a show. You put it on at the same time as Panorama on a different channel. So the PR writes itself, I'm his brother. <laughs> and, uh, and it's called Panorama, right? And then around the desk, they would say, that's great. And, uh, and what, what happens in it? And I go, well, never mind that. Look at the title. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what happens in it? Panorama. You tell me. No commission. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. No. Oh. Not a sausage. I'm fine. Thanks. Didn't work either. <laughs> <laughs> but will we ever see you talking about politics in your act? Well, if you, if you, if I'd have let you ask that question, <laughs> I could have done all that stuff about Panorama. Then couldn't I? <laughs> Perhaps you could edit that question in after. I'll, yes, I'll. I'll <laughs> no, don't. No, 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 don't ever. No, 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 no. The producer's nodding. Leave it natural. <laughs> Leave it naturally as it is. But uh, no, I don't really do much comedy. That's well, I don't mean do much comedy tonight. But uh, no, I did. I did. I ran for Parliament once. I had to. I missed the bus. <laughs> it's the biggest laugh I've had in this building tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you oh. enjoy political comedy. Uh, yeah, I enjoy all sorts of comedy that's different from my own, actually, it's true, because, uh, in fact, watching someone doing one-liners is not my my favourite thing to do, really, I don't think. And I like it, sometimes I like it, but I don't always... I like people like Paul Foote, do you know Paul Foote? Yeah. Uh, Which is just, it's just completely bonkers, isn't it? I think he's hilarious. I mean, I love Milton Jones, but Milton and and Stuart Francis, we're, we're, the three of us are sort of slightly mining sl- similar areas comedically, mm. a little bit. So... Although we all get on very well, I don't think we'd necessarily um, think to ourselves, we must go and all watch each other's acts, you know. Yeah. Well, I suppose if you're at the Edinburgh Festival and you've just seen loads of satirical acts, you're kind of the perfect antidote. Yes, maybe, yeah. And equally, if I've just done my acts, I want to go and see something a bit different, yeah. You're right, Tim. You're right, again, these questions are all right. <laughs> Do you know that? Excellent. Anyway, sorry, yes, Tim. So obviously Amnesty International is a human rights movement. What? But Human rights have well, <laughs> human rights have taken a bit of a battering in the tabloid press recently, particularly the Daily Mail. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us what human rights mean to you, mm. and why they are important? Well, do you know what? Uh, human rights are obviously important. We, we are we're on this this little blue globe in the middle of absolutely nowhere. That's how I've always thought of Balham. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> No, but we are, aren't we? We're floating through space, and and it's it really it is utterly ludicrous that that, that anyone does anything bad to another human being. I mean, the war, just wars for a start. If I could get slightly hippie, I mean, it's it's completely it's totally bonkers, isn't it? It's there's nothing anywhere near all of us, nothing, and the variety on this planet absolutely unbelievable. Giraffes, <laughs> stag beetles. Now, that's two ends of a scale I want to know about. I mean, that is incredible, isn't it? It is incredible. Well, I just, I find it a bit, I'll get back onto your question you've asked me, because I do understand this one. Admittedly, I've forgotten it, but I do understand it. (laughs) No, I will get back to it. But uh, I had a joke, actually, which I think I may have tweeted a long time ago, where I say, uh, I find it a bit hard to believe that everything came from one animal. Um, I realise that's setting the the, uh, pigeon amongst the pigeons. (laughs) Huge laugh. Move on. Now, um, yes. So, uh, are human rights important? Of course they are. And uh, one of the problems, one of the great things about amnesty, of course, is you you do actually go around the world and see all this this human rights, the problems of where human rights are denied people. 
We are very closeted here, and I am the most, look at me, I'm dressed like a cricketer, wandered in here with a Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> I hardly look like a man with his finger on the pulse. Um, although there were moments during that act where a guy in the front row, I nearly put my finger on his pulse. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so my point is this. <laughs> my point about human rights is that we are shockingly insular in this country. And uh, and and I consider and that's you know I consider myself to be absolutely insular. I I I don't I I've been to Ethiopia once actually, but uh, that's the nearest I've got to going to somewhere third world. Um, but but uh, most of the time you go somewhere you go to the holiday destination of it you know so you don't really know about so it's terrible you see, and uh, you do read some terrible things about people who, who've been denied human rights in some of these countries and uh, I mean there, well, there's no puns there incidentally ask me another question I'm getting too serious <laughs> but this is the last question go on then how long have you been playing here at the uh, Bedford well I first came here in probably 91 or 92 um, so a very long time and they used to do they probably still do it now actually they, where they have they do, sort of do the upstairs room and the downstairs room and they do them both at the same time. You go on first in the up in the downstairs room, and last in the upstairs. So you do two shows in one room, you know, not one room, two shows in one building. And uh, and the first time you do that, when you're starting out, and you do twenty downstairs and twenty upstairs, and they both go well. And then someone gives you a bit of cash, and you drive home. It's a lovely feeling, you know. Early early on, and I'm sure a lot of comics would say this. When you, it's a real sort of, you know. I look back at pictures of myself the fresh face picture downstairs for example and there's this there is a, a it's just, it's there's been no break between when I started doing this job to when I here I am now and okay I don't mean I have the I do have the occasional holiday but nothing very long really so there's I look at that person I think that as I'm directly connected to that person yet it seems like he's com- sort of completely different in a way <laughs> I sit I just know how much it, I I loved it then I still like it now viewers but not in the same it was a, the beginning of an adventure I see, I see. Do you know what I mean? It's when you start something, it's great, isn't it? Do you play darts, Tim? I only, only occasionally whilst drunk. Oh. Uh, sure well, you have, that, today, you, have that, you have that in common with the professionals. <laughs> <laughs> but you yes. are a big darts player, aren't you? Uh, well, uh, cheers. I tried to lose it. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, it was mainly around my tummy, but I thought I was holding it in. Um <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I love darts. To me, darts is like life. You get a shot at the double. Will you hit it? And there we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim Vine, thank you very much for joining us. It's been an absolute thrill. May I say, or may I, perhaps next time, you bring a couple more light bulbs. <laughs> but uh, in a way, I know why there aren't that many light bulbs in here because I think Amnesty is using them to shine a light on other important issues elsewhere. Oh, look at that. It's perfect. Excellent. Well, Tim, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to end. If you're interested in learning more about human rights or joining Amnesty International, then please go to our website, amnesty.org.uk. And make sure you don't miss our next episode. Here's a sneak peek.
I always look like a gatecrasher at my own gig. The security and the commissioners and the backs of people, they don't know who you are. And so you might have sold out a venue and then they, and then you're just walking around backstage looking a bit like you don't belong and then someone will challenge you and you don't want to have to say, I am the turn. So I usually just start running.